Welcome to the Horses Equine Innovators Podcast, sponsored by Zoetis. I'm your host, Stephanie Church, Editorial Director at The Horse. Every day, equine researchers are examining new ways to care for and understand our horses and the horse industry. In this podcast series, we talk to those innovators to learn more about their work. As horse owners, we might not think about how research in humans can help horses and vice versa. Today, we're going to learn how one scientist is working at the interface of human and equine medicine, creating tiny models of horses' body systems to better understand how we can prevent and fight equine disease and help body processes such as wound repair and tissue healing. Our guest for this episode is Dr. Carrie Schaefer of the University of Kentucky. Dr. Schaefer is Principal Investigator in the Schaefer Lab at the University's Gluck Equine Research Center in Lexington. Welcome, Dr. Schaefer. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. So could you start out by describing your background, please? How did you end up running a laboratory in an equine research center? Yes, so I'm a native of Eastern Kentucky and I attended the University of Kentucky for my undergrad um, and obtained a Bachelor's of Science in Agricultural Biotechnology. And then I went to Vanderbilt University to complete my PhD in Microbiology and Immunology followed by postdoctoral fellowships at both the Vanderbilt University Medical Center as well as Caltech before I uh, returned to UK in 2017 to start my independent uh, research program. And I was recruited to UK in the Gluck Center specifically to start a research program that could span both human and equine biomedical science, where Mm -hmm. I would be able to use my training in human infectious disease to develop new models that could advance our understanding of how pathogens cause disease in the horse. Wow, that's really interesting. You've had quite a journey to this point so far. So could you tell me about what the overarching goals are in your lab? What do your days involve there? The overall goals of my lab are to really understand how bacteria cause disease and to define the molecular events that underscore bacterial infection and pathogenesis. And what we're doing is essentially borrowing concepts from human biomedical research and applying these techniques to equine infectious disease as a way to understand how infections are established in the horse. And we can use this information to design new treatment and prevention strategies for a variety of pathogens. And I'm currently training PhD graduate students and postdoctoral scholars from both the UK College of Medicine, Department of Microbiology, Immunology, and Molecular Genetics, as well as the UK College of Agriculture, Department of Veterinary Science. And so we're really one of the only labs in the Gluck Center that is training students from multiple colleges on campus and really integrating both animal and human infectious disease research. That's really interesting. Thank you. Gosh, you must be very busy at that lab. So I understand that in your laboratory, you're using in vitro models. What are the benefits of using in vitro models? How have you used them in human medicine and how do you plan on applying those in your laboratory? Yeah, uh, in vitro models can be used to study a variety of diseases under controlled laboratory conditions that allow Mm -hmm. us to better understand the molecular events that lead to disease development. In contrast to equine biomedical science, we have a wealth of off-the-shelf reagents and different cell culture models that can be used to understand human disease, but we have a very limited supply of commercially available resources for equine biomedical research. So my lab has really set out to develop these new equine in vitro models that can be used to study infectious disease and developmental diseases in the horse. And our hope is that these in vitro models will ultimately lead to reduced animal experimentation as well as research costs. 
Well, that's really interesting. Thank you. So could you describe the in vitro models you are working with in your laboratory as they relate to horses? Yes. So what we've done in my lab is really used um, and developed these microscopic 3D tissue systems that are referred to as organoids. And these organoids contain fully differentiated cell types that are specific to the organ from which the stem cells were obtained. And we've been very successful in developing equine organoids that have been derived from both thoroughbred and mixed breed horses. And so far we've developed kidney, liver, small intestine, lung, trachea, and stomach organoids that we're trying to fully characterize to ensure that these systems mimic the native tissue in the horse. And what we really want to use these organoids for are infectious disease research projects, but also looking at tissue remodeling and repair, tissue plasticity and architecture, and other projects such as drug development and drug safety. We're essentially using these organoids as the tissue source to develop what we call organ chips. And these are small microfluidic devices that are multi-tissue in nature and allow us to really mimic the native organ in the horse. Wow, that's really interesting. So how have you enhanced these chips that you've built so far over time? So the advantage of our uh, equine organ on a chip system is that these organ chips integrate an artificial vasculature that mimics blood vessels and blood flow through the tissue system. And we can also integrate biomechanical forces that are similar to breathing, for example, in the lung or the wave-like motion of the intestinal tract. And so we are not only integrating fully differentiated tissues into these organ chips, but we are applying biomechanical forces that also make the chips more lifelike. Um, and that allows us to study a variety of different diseases or infectious disease pathogenesis under conditions that are more relevant and more similar to what you would find in the horse. Wow, that's incredible. So could you describe where you get these differentiated cells for producing the chips? Sure. We obtained this, what we call tissue resident adult stem cells. So these are stem cells in specific organs that are already destined to be one particular tissue type. And we harvest these mm -hmm. stem cells from specific organs and then expand the cells in a defined growth media to force differentiation into all the different cell types that you would find in the mature organ. And for our studies, we've mm. harvested tissue from foals and young adult horses that were euthanized for reasons completely unrelated to the research project, for example, a structural deformity or an injury. And for the thoroughbred foals that have been used for these projects, we give the horse a racing name to honor its contribution to science and to thank them for furthering our understanding of horse health. Oh, that's really cool. So I'm curious about your work with the current chips. Could you tell me a bit about what you're doing with them in studying specific diseases? Yes. So we've developed a number of equine organ chips, including proximal lung, so this would be the upper airway, mm -hmm. um, as well as intestinal chips, so small intestinal chip. And what we're using them for right now is to try to understand how both bacteria and viruses cause disease and cause tissue destruction in the horse. Um, for example, one thing that we're using the lung chips for is to, to try to understand how equine herpes virus and equine influenza replicate and the types of of cell processes that are hijacked by these pathogens to cause disease. 
and we're using um, the small intestine on a chip system to try to build a model of salmonella-induced enterocolitis. So this is a infection of the small intestine in the horse is incredibly common. Um, and so what we're doing right now is trying to validate the chip systems and to look at how the introduction of biomechanical forces influence infection and the kinetics of disease. The organs that these are affecting are not just organs that are sitting there, they're moving, they're digesting food, things like that. That's, that's kind of what you're trying to replicate, right? Yes, so we're using the capacity of the chips to introduce these biomechanical forces that include both stretch that would mimic either breathing or the wave-like patterns of motion through the intestinal tract, as well as directional one-way flow of the nutrients that we're using to grow the tissue systems. And so in your body and in the horse's body, for example, blood only flows in one direction. And we can, we can replicate this one-way directional flow in the organ chips. And we have noticed and identified the contribution of specific biomechanical forces such as the stretch pattern or the amplitude of stretch um, that can really affect how um, different pathogens are able to cause disease. That's really interesting. So I think I haven't asked this yet. How big are these chips? So these are very small. They're microfluidic devices and they're about the size of a AA battery. Oh wow, that's pretty cool. Let's talk about your intestinal model some more. You're essentially taking a very large gastrointestinal system and you're boiling it down to a tiny model. So what do you hope to learn from this? Yeah, so what we're using the intestinal models for is to try to really understand how bacterial pathogens such as salmonella can cause uh, massive destruction of the lining of the small intestine leading to colic and, and gastrointestinal disease. And my background is in bacteriology and bacterial pathogenesis. And so what we're using these organon chip systems for is to really create a more complex environment that is more relevant and, and really recapitulates the environment uh, in the horse. And we're studying different bacterial mutants that either have these particular uh, nanomachines that the bacteria use to inject proteins into the host cells that allow the bacterium to establish infection. And we're trying to understand how these bacterial proteins influence disease development, for example, bacterial invasion inside of the equine cell or spread from cell to cell within, within the organ system. And what we're hoping to find and identify are new checkpoints that the uh, bacteria use to either progress or stop infection and these checkpoints can then be targeted with new therapeutics um, as a way to prevent disease. It does sound like these models have a lot of potential for a new therapeutic drug or for vaccine development. Could you give me some examples on the types of things the chips could tell us for these applications? Sure. Uh, we think we could use these chip models in our organoid systems to identify, for example, potential receptors that a virus of interest could use, um, and then that receptor could then be targeted as a way to prevent infections. Hmm. Um, and in the chip models in particular, we can study these um, devices over time to learn more about the kinetics of infection. And because we have the ability to introduce specific immune cells into this artificial vasculature of the um, organ on the chip model, we can actually study how the immune system senses and responds to either a bacterial or a viral infection. 
And so that really allows us to understand how disease is occurring and, and what is the immune response that might be um, happening in the horse. And in the future, we think that we could develop a lymphoid organ chip model that can be used for vaccination studies. And so this organ chip model would allow us to essentially vaccinate the miniaturized organ system to study the types of antibodies mm -hmm. that would be produced in response to candidate vaccines. And as far as drug development, we can use our existing organoids and organ chip models to analyze drug metabolism that is occurring by a specific tissue. Or we can analyze, mm -hmm. for example, the conversion of a prodrug into an active metabolite. And we believe that our liver on a chip and other equine organ chip models can be used for both pharmacokinetics and pharmacodynamic studies, as well as toxicity studies, uh, prior to moving these candidate therapeutics into research herds. And this is important because it will significantly reduce the use of research animals, and it will also allow us to maximize the chance of success in the horse, since many of the preclinical studies could be performed in vitro rather than in a research animal. Well, wow, that's incredible. It sounds like it's going to really change how research is done on these different problems and solutions. You mentioned the lymphoid chip. Uh, what chips do you want to produce next besides that one? So we're working right now to characterize our existing chip models to be absolutely sure that they are producing the correct cell types and performing just like the native tissue would perform. So we're doing a lot of in vitro studies that are, for example, on the intestine chip, looking at fat absorption, conversion of sucrose to glucose. So we can we can show that the metabolism that's occurring in this in these miniaturized tissues is is really what we would expect based on what we know in, in the horse. And we're trying to develop new organ on a chip models, including kidney, a kidney on a chip. So this would be used for drug transport studies, for example. And we're trying to also develop and characterize more fully the liver on a chip system that would have relevant applications in, in drug development and preclinical analysis of candidate therapeutics. Wow. It sounds like you have so many things that are possibilities in your lab. That's incredible. So, Dr. Schaefer, where do you see these studies going in, in five to ten years? So, in the next couple of years, our ultimate goal is to produce what we call the horse on the chip. And the horse on the chip would integrate the different organ on a chip models that we have developed and validated for the horse. And so we could build essentially an entire in vitro platform that has all of the tissues interfacing with one another in a way that is more physiologically relevant than having isolated organ systems. And so we could, for example, perhaps mimic blood flow through specific organ types and these organ on a chip models to try to really recreate an entire in vitro horse that we can use for more holistic studies. Wow, thank you. That's the sky's the limit, right? Yes. So um, is there anything else you would like to add to what we've covered today, Dr. Schaefer? No, I just really think that the future of equine biomedical research is very bright, and I think that we're making some cutting-edge advances every day that will ultimately reduce animal experimentation and lead to the development of new treatment and vaccine strategies for multiple equine infectious diseases. That's great. Thank you. So where can our listeners learn more about your work? I have a lab website that is just SchaeferLab.com. And so a lot of our research is described there. We're currently preparing manuscripts for peer-reviewed publications describing the, the development of these organoid and organ chip systems and 
one of the policies of my laboratory is that all of our work is posted on uh, preprint servers that are free and open access for the public because we really believe that the public should be able to access this research and read about it freely. And so as soon as we get the manuscripts ready for publication, we will post them to the bioarchive or anyone who wants to can read about our studies. Thank you very much, Dr. Schaefer, for sharing your time and expertise with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I also want to thank our sponsor, Zoetis. For more from The Horse, visit thehorse.com, sign up for our newsletters, or look for Ask the Horse Live wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. If you like this podcast, please do all the things you would do to support it. Rate, subscribe, review, and share it with your friends. Please join us next time as we talk with the horse industry equine innovators.